Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke show, and Wolf is here sitting to my right. It's a hard knocks Wednesday. It's the first of, I don't know how many, eight, maybe more. You know, I was not thinking about that. I was not, but now that you said that, you know, yeah. When does that air tonight? Eight o'clock? Is that what what it is? That's a great question. I just know what they do. Command and control? Yeah, there you go. Mel, yes. of course, says it's 8 o'clock, therefore 11 it must o'clock be. Eastern. Yeah, 10 to 11 Eastern. Okay, yes, there you so go. 8 o'clock. Okay, Daylight good. Savings and a new show that did nuts. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah, that's great. Okay, so Hard Knocks making its premiere, in-season premiere for the Arizona Cardinals tonight. Good. Did you get to, because you weren't here yesterday, did you get to hear the Buddha clip yet? I don't know if we... If yeah, we I have, did, okay, as a matter yeah. of fact. Buddha talking about he's tired of losing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's... Uh, How about that right there? Um, The emotion. The raw emotion coming from Buddha Baker. We need to step the f*** up! All of us! All of us! Step the f*** up! Work harder! F***ing recover! Watch more film! I'm tired of losing! It my heart! I'm tired of losing at home! We need to get this together. Come on. Let's go, man. I love y'all boys, man. Let's go, man. Come on. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Let's go. This is what leaders do. Should just be our pre-show meeting. We should just play that every day and then walk in here and do the show. Please, I'd be so fired up right now. (laughs) I mean, honestly, uh, when a guy of that stature, and when I say that base earnings, I'm not talking about his frame. I'm not talking about how tall he is, how diminutive he may be. I'm talking about um, when you have the profile inside that locker room that Buda Baker has, the respect inside that locker room that Buda Baker has. Those words are frying pans to the face collectively. And if you can't respond to something like that, if you can't right now, you got to walk out that door. I mean... That right there is what I'm talking about, leadership. He, yeah. He's not, yeah, he's not out there saying this stuff for it. You could feel the raw emotion. He is sincere and means everything that he's saying. This isn't a look at me, guys. He was uncomfortable saying that. We figured out, too, that's probably from a month ago. So that's not even, it's not, hey, we're three episodes into Hard Knocks, and I see the HBO cameras, and I'm going to say this. I'm pretty sure that was Buddha, after the Philadelphia game. Buddha's the one guy, Buddha's the one guy that I can tell you right now that I would never think he would respond to the camera or the microphone. Yeah, he's one of the, the guys that you're just like, it's, nothing's going to change. He's, he's that just, intense anyway. He's the one guy, and he's the exception to the rule. You're talking about leadership too, and you're not going to respond to that as a teammate? How about you're not going to respond to that as a teammate? And everybody watched it across the country, so they know you're not responding to it as a teammate if you don't do it. Uh, this game on Sunday is a weird one, Wolf, because you're playing the Rams, who have owned the Cardinals. They owned them when Steve Wilkes was here. They owned them the last year Bruce Arians. They've owned them ever since Sean McVay took over. And yet, 
and you and I both agreed last week's game was probably the the quote easiest to win of these three. The Rams are definitely the worst team of the 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams right now. They're beat up. They look disjointed. Their offense is a one-man show. This should be a winnable game. They have some of the same issues the Cardinals have, actually. It's just absolutely brutal when you look at the the Rams offensively, man. They are number 31 in yards per game and number 32 in yards per play. Those are huge metrics, ladies and gentlemen. 31 in points per game, too. Yes. It's oh, 29, un- 29, sorry. It's, it's unbelievable just how bad this offense is right now. Think about this right here. Um, Matthew Stafford has been sacked 28 times. Um, they've played eight games. Ron Wolfley reporting. They've played eight games. 28 times he's been sacked. Do you know how many times he was sacked all of last year? Oh, I don't feel like he was sacked a lot last year. 30. 30 times all of last year. <laughs> this is how bad it's been for the Rams when you say he was sacked 28 times. Yes. My first thought is that probably saved them about 12 interceptions. <laughs> it may be that, but right now you got Matthew Stafford, a guy that led this team to a Super Bowl championship a year ago, who's been sacked 28 times now. You've got him in eight games throwing eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. In eight games. And oh, by the way, eight picks in eight games. He's got a quarterback rating under 85. Uh, this offense, they, they can't run the ball. I mean, they're number 31 in rushing yards per game and number 31 in rushing yards per play. <laughs> what is going on with the Los Angeles Rams? If they didn't have Cooper Cup... They honestly might be the worst team in the NFL. You mentioned eight touchdown passes for Matthew Stafford. Six of them have gone to Cooper Cup. Okay, you mentioned that you didn't mention the last game. I'm going to mention it though. Their passing attack in the last game, they had 167 yards against um, Tampa and 165, and Cooper Cup had 127 sure. of them. Okay, he had eight of the 13 completions went to Cooper Cup. Okay, that's. Awful. Yeah, it's really, really bad. But they still have Aaron Donald. What is so incredible about it offensively? Once again, when you talk about the uh, you talk about the Rams offensively, it's it's a situation where their offensive line is not allowing their skill to do what they do. Yeah, you got Matthew Stafford under duress back there, and because of it, okay, yeah, you got Cooper Cup. You've got Allen Robinson. You've got guys that are good players. You've got Tyler Higby. He can't get him the ball a lot of the time because there's somebody in the face of Matthew Stafford. And then Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. These two guys, listen, Cam Akers, what's going on there? Something personal? I have no idea, but I can tell you. And now he's on the team, and they're apparently going to start using him. He still has talent. He, He still has talent, and yet they can't really use his talent. Why? Because their offensive line has been an unmitigated mess. Tell me if this sounds familiar. This is Dan Orlovsky yesterday, not talking about Cliff Kingsbury, talking about Sean McVay. I think Sean has to entertain giving up play calls. And again, I want to preface by saying this. It's hard to do anything good with a good offensive line. They've been decimated up front. And the only person on this offense that gets open with Cooper is Cooper Cup. That being said, when they struggle... I watch their tape and I feel like Sean reverts back to the things of the past that worked. 
the 2019, 18 mm. stuff that was with a completely different yeah, offensive yeah. unit. And if I feel that way, then the people watching the tape for the defense feel that way. When things are struggling for this offense or where they get in a lull, Sean reverts back to that stuff that he did with Jared Goff or that he may yeah. have done with other skill players. And you still can't block it. Well, the and it's a different group. Gotcha. It's a yeah, different yeah, yeah. skill group. Gotcha. It's different and, and it's predictable. Couple things, Wolf. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say this at the beginning. Um, it is interesting when things aren't going well for the Rams. Well, the offensive line's all banged up. Yeah. When things aren't going well for the Cardinals, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals' offensive line is just as banged up as the Rams. Now, I get you know you give Sean McVay the benefit of the doubt over Cliff because Sean McVay has won and been to another Super Bowl. So I get that. But it is just interesting how basically the same situation on the offensive line is viewed differently for two different teams. Yeah, first of all, you know what? It's Sean McVay. Just back off, Dan. Just back off. He probably wants Stafford to Okay, I'm play. just saying right now. <laughs> That's exactly what he wants right now. He's Luke. holding Matthew Stafford back. That's exactly what he wants. He wants Stafford call all the place. <laughs> Uh, you know, when McVay just sat down and shot it. So Dan's got two places. He's got interceptions Dan, left and interception I, I, right. I would say this right now. Tread lightly, Dan, okay, when you say that. We're this talking is a about guy, one of the best coaches. He's talking about one of the best in the National Football League. And, and again, I'm not saying you can't criticize somebody. You definitely can't do that. But he's done some things as well. He's accomplished some things as well. Uh, so younger age I, than pretty much anybody. Yeah, so I'm going to trust him, Sean McVay, to say, you know what, I'm not going to call plays. Okay, I'm just, at this point, he, he deserves the right, I think, to make up his mind as to what is going on well, right there. when's the last I'm time not you won saying a Super that Bowl, Dan, Yes, I'm not saying that Dan. Nine months ago? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that Dan doesn't have the right to say what he does, but, you know, you got to tread lightly here. But it is interesting. It's one of the things that we want to talk about today. We're going to talk about Sean McVay, of course, and his evaluation of the offense and what needs to happen to this offense going forward. And the similarities between the Rams and the Arizona Cardinals situation. And yet, to your point, Luke, nobody's saying, oh, the Cardinals offensive line is just a bust. No. But they're saying that about the Rams. I don't think anybody even realizes that nationally. They're just like, well, this Cardinals offensive line looks like a bunch of backups. Uh, Because it is. When we come back, who needs to step up in the absence of Cam Johnson? We're going to ask Suns broadcaster Kevin Ray for the uh, for Suns game day with K. Ray. He'll join us next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Welcome back to the show. The Phoenix Suns right back in action tonight on the road in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Suns 7-3 and three on the year. It'll already be their second meeting with the Timberwolves, but at least they're not done with them like they are with Portland. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is Kevin Ray of Bally Sports for a little game day with K-Ray. K-Ray, how are we doing? Uh, happy Wednesday to you guys. Doing well. How about you? Doing pretty good. Um, a little, I wouldn't say concerned with the Suns, but now there's some questions just in terms of where exactly they go with Cam Johnson out for, it sounds like, one to two months. And Chris Paul looking hurt in the game against Philadelphia, and he's questionable for tonight. And even D.A. got banged up for a little bit. Uh, I guess I guess the depth is going to be tested earlier than we expected, huh? 
Yeah, it, it's shaping up to be that way, um, Luke. And, and yes, while you know, while the news on Cam is good, um, it doesn't make it any less uh, impactful. And let's be honest, somewhat concerning because there's a big difference between a month and two months, right? <laughs> I mean, you can maybe you can maybe survive a month, but if it isn't, you know, if it's two months. Uh, and we've we've seen in uh, a small sample size the impact without Cam on the floor uh, to spread the floor and to knock down threes. We we saw it in that loss to Philadelphia the other night. Just just one of the reasons that the Suns lost. Are you glad he chose the surgery, Kay? Yeah, I mean, look, you always you know you always have to respect the decision of the athlete and you know cam cam is a you know incredibly intelligent young man um and i think you know he took the information that he was given and made the best decision for him and you know for for the organization and you know if uh, if everything goes as planned you know he will uh, he will heal not just quickly but you know heal the right way and be ready to come back and, you know, hopefully finish the season strong. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. Uh, K. Ray, I, I don't want to look for reasons to worry 10 games into an 82-game season. But the one thing that sort of stands out that I, I think is at least worth noting is, you know, for me, Cam Johnson was the guy who maybe needed this regular season more than anybody on this team because you know what Chris Paul is. You know what Devin Booker is. But Cam Johnson stepping into the starting lineup, I like the idea of him having, you know, 80-ish games to, to develop heading into the playoffs. Uh, are you concerned at all about the fact that he might miss, you know, 30 regular season games? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Um, and to your point, Luke, you know, Chris Paul even made the comment the other day of, you know, A, just how unfortunate it was for, for Cam. But I thought it was interesting hearing from Chris, you know, him say, you know, we and I were just kind of getting into a rhythm and getting used to, you know, to playing big minutes with Cam. Um, because it wasn't as though they hadn't been on the floor together from time to time. I mean, he had 16 starts last year. But you know, creating and building that cohesiveness and this year's roster being, you know, slightly different and the way that they were running and executing things because of Cam. And so it's it's tough for Cam to potentially miss that. And it's also tough for, you know, for his teammates, because in some ways, you know, things are going to look and feel differently because as as badly if we'd like somebody to step up and be a 45% three-point shooter. They don't have that guy on the roster right now. Okay, listen, I'm not saying you're part of the afraid family, okay? Where you walk around, ah! You know, you're terrified <laughs> of everything. Of course, I'm not saying that when I ask this question, but Chris Paul, um, are you concerned about uh, his availability in the near term? Uh, not concerned. Uh, just in talking to a couple people uh, th- this morning, um, the you know every- everything came back uh, th- from from their test. Everything was good, but because of his age and and as we expected coming into the season, guys, they're going to take very cautionary moves uh, with Chris. And he's listed as questionable. The team did not have a, a shoot around this morning. Uh, they had a practice after we arrived here in Minnesota last night. So had a team meeting this morning. Uh, Chris is listed as questionable. 
I'll be surprised if he goes tonight. Uh, that doesn't come from anybody in the organization. That's just kind of me, yeah. again, looking at the long-term plan. But I don't believe it to be anything that, um, you know, that, that's going to keep him out for, you know, a week or missing several games. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. K. Ray, I want to I want to make sure I phrase this the right way because I know he can be such a polarizing figure to Suns fans, but it's a very small sample size. DeAndre Ayton is averaging less points than last year, career lows in offensive and defensive rebounds and blocks. And I don't say that to say, okay, he's, he's melting down. He's played eight games this year. But it's, it's pretty easy to look at the situation in front of the Suns right now and say, okay, the door is open for somebody to step up and contribute more offensively alongside Devin Booker. Can that be DeAndre Ayton, do you think? Well, not only can it be, Luke, but, I mean, it should be, yeah. right? Yes. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. Let's all put our cards in the day. It should be. And, and, you know, I think that I speak for probably a lot of people who were watching that game the other night. Um, and, and what was it I told you guys before the game the other night? The, you know, the Suns have got to rebound, you know, have to be able to rebound the ball, have to win that category. Uh, Philly was the worst rebounding team in the league. And what happened? Philadelphia had their season high in rebounding. Um, the Suns also turned it over, so it you know it led the leak out points, transition points, uh, and it you know it, it did not allow for the Suns to really you know get their defense set. So uh, look, this is part of like wanting to be a max player. You have to step up. The spotlight is there for you, and you can't and they can't continue to ask Devin Booker to save them with you know fourteen, eighteen, twenty point quarters in an effort to get them back in games. So the table is there, the opportunity is there, and now it's a matter of the big fella stepping up because this is this is what he said he wanted. Um, and you can't shy away from it at this point. Speaking of shying away from it right now, if Chris Paul cannot actually go tonight, I'm excited for campaign because I want to see campaign put these fears to rest in regard to whether or not if Chris Paul goes down you've got a guy that can come in and fill the void, so to speak. I, I want to see campaign tonight fill the void efficiently. Where are you on this, Kay? Yeah, uh, completely agreed. You know, he's coming off a of season-high minutes, uh, 28, and, you know, he, he had talked about his conditioning, obviously, because he had the, the foot injury. Um, so the, the that was clearly going to impact his conditioning, uh, you know, going into the game the other night. So he's feeling, I think, a little bit better today. Uh, but, yeah, and, and it's funny you say efficient. That, that's the word when I talked to Cam a couple of weeks ago. He said that that's really what I want to be and what I need to be for this team to be successful. Um, EJ pointed it out the other night with, with Cam. You know, he's got to play at, at that breakneck speed, but there there is a fine line between playing fast and playing out of control. And I think we have fortunately thus far seen Cam play fast but under more control than we did last year. And and if Chris does miss tonight or a couple of games, then that becomes even more magnified. Okay, Ray, we saw Torrey Craig get the start on Monday with uh, with Cam Johnson out, but Damian Lee has really stepped up, and he actually played more minutes than Torrey Craig. I mean, maybe this just comes down to who they're playing that night or who has the hot hand, but, but who do you see picking up a lot of the slack with Cam Johnson out? 
Yeah, you know, Monty talked about this the other night. Um, it, it really is going to be on a game-to-game basis. It, it will It will also be, you know, who is kind of, you know, if, if somebody gets a hot hand. And, yeah, D- Damian Lee has been everything that I thought he maybe could be with this team. Um, he is a absolutely great, great uh, person and, you know, fits in seamlessly with what they want to do. But I think it'll be a game-to-game situation depending on matchups and uh, and how a guy is riding. I think Tory right now will continue to get the starts. Uh, had a rough game uh, the last couple of games, actually. You know, hasn't been able to, to capture an offensive rebound in the last couple of games. So that's going to be critical tonight because everything uh, that we're hearing is that Rudy Gobert will be back playing tonight for uh, for Minnesota. Okay, awesome right there. <laughs> Can't wait to see that. Okay, okay. Um, just a few seconds here, Kay, but your odds, Jay Crowder, is going to be a son, <laughs> and meaning he's going to play for. <laughs> you know, the, the longer this goes on, Wolf, um, I'm inclined to say slim to none. Okay. You know, I... I I kind of held an outside uh, an outside shot for, for Jay to return to yeah. the team maybe within the first you know week to 10 days but uh, it, it just feels like at this point the the ties are are severed and uh, it, it, it's unfortunate for, for both sides yeah okay Ray great thank stuff you, as always man thank you all right, Phyllis. Have a good one. Good, bro. Uh, Kevin Ray joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. You can text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And when we come back, we are heading into week 10 of the NFL season already. Who are the best teams around the league? We're going to rank our top five next in our NFL Power Poll. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power 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 Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. Can you believe Week 10 is already almost here, Wolf? No, I can't believe it, man. The NFL season just flying by. It does this every single it year. It does. If it's doing it this year when this has been a rough season for the Cardinals, when you when you combine expectations with right. performance, and it's still flying by, yeah. you know there's the NFL season is, is always going to fly by. All right, let's get you our power poll for the, uh, the heading into Week 10. There's probably a better way to say that in the English language, but I can't think of it. Here's number five. Number five. Number five, Wolf. I still don't believe in this team. They probably should have lost to Washington, but they are seven and one, so they need to be in the top five, and I'm going to put the Minnesota Vikings at number five. (laughs) It's about time. Uh, You know what? Honestly, right now I had to do this because I don't know if anybody is watching, but they have won three games in a row right now in four or five. Three games in a row, four of five. They are running the ball like they're infamous for. And, of course, very famous defensively. And guess what they're doing? They're winning games once again. The Baltimore Ravens at number five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Baltimore Ravens are back. 
And watching them play and watching them play on the line of scrimmage in particular, and now all of a sudden you add Roquan Smith, and Roquan Smith made his presence known immediately. Can I just say the Baltimore Ravens got a vibe about him. They got a lot of stuff going for him and a little something-something coming down the side of their neck collectively. And because of that, the Ravens at number five cracked the power play. Yeah, okay, I want to stick with this for a second because I wanted to put the Ravens in there and I didn't for Minnesota. But you talk about that defense. They add Roquan Smith. Here's just some of the guys on Baltimore's defense if you haven't watched them a whole lot, okay? Uh, Calais Campbell. They did go out and add Jason Pierre-Paul. Remember we talked, hey, maybe the Cardinals could add him. Uh, they did go out and add Justin Houston. Remember we talked about that? He has eight and a half sacks, so apparently he wasn't done. They have Patrick Queen. They have Marcus Peters. They have Marlon Humphrey. That defense is nasty. It is absolutely nasty. I agree. They they are better than Minnesota, but Minnesota at 7-1, I had to at least put them on the list. Number four. <laughs> Number four. Number four, I have Dallas, and it is for similar reasons to what you just said about Baltimore, mainly the defense. Uh, Any team that has Micah Parsons and has other pieces on defense around Micah Parsons and has a 6-2 and record in a division that's actually been pretty tough this year, uh, as much as I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, I do like watching Micah Parsons play football. They're number four. Okay, um, no, they're not number four, as a matter of fact. And number four is the Minnesota Vikings. Give it to me one more time. Give me the number four. Set this up properly. Will you? Number four. That's exactly what I said. The Minnesota Vikings right there, 7-1. and one. They just continue to win. And by the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. The Minnesota Vikings defense is starting to come around. You're talking about a top 10 team on the line of scrimmage in terms of stopping the run. Top 10 in yards per game allowed and top 10 in yards per play allowed. Oh, by the way, they're turning over teams at a top 10 pace. Number six in interception rate in the National Football League. And of course, they're getting to the quarterback. Number nine, top 10 in sacks per attempt. It's the Minnesota Vikings defense that is starting to come alive and wake up. The offense is pretty much right in the middle of the pack for the most part. And everything they do, boy, does that sound like Kirk Cousins right there, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, it does. But the Minnesota Vikings and the defense, well, take that horn and run somebody through. That's what they're doing defensively. They are not allowed to win the Super Bowl simply because... This was explained to me uh, this morning, yesterday morning. That image we all have to keep seeing of Adam Schefter dancing shirtless on the field with a bunch of chains, oh that's because goodness. of Kirk Cousins, apparently. Seriously? Yeah. Fortunately, oh I didn't goodness. see the original video somehow. Somehow I missed that. Shefty, can I talk to you? And, and, and Kirk, can we talk to you at the same time? Let's just have Okay, one so number four, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to struggle with the, with the top three this week. Number three. Three. All right, Wolf. My rule for power polls is you can't, I don't like to move a team ahead of another team if they are two games behind them or more. Yeah. And I don't like to have two teams that are tied where I have a team that beat the other team behind them. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that I actually think this probably should be Philadelphia. At number three, I'm going to put Kansas City, even though I'm really starting to think they win the Super Bowl. I'm really starting to think they win the Super Bowl. Why? Why would you put Kansas City there? Because of the other two teams and because of the stupid rules I made for myself that I laid out there. 
See, okay, um, I'm sorry, Luke. I just cannot do it. I cannot. Um, the Buffalo Bills, they lost to the New York Jets. Okay, they, they, they did. They lost to that the New York Jets. That should be a rule, Jets, too. I forgot about that rule. Um, 20-17. to They lost, Luke. See, once again, uh, the Buffalo Bills, my Buffalo Bills, whom I love, and think still a very, very good team, the Buffalo Bills lost. They're now 6-2. and two. So, because the Buffalo Bills lost, again, and are 6-2, and two, they're number three in the power poll. I like your power pool more than mine, and that's the first time ever. Yes. That's really so far so good. Well, you got to wear it now. Yeah, but it's, unfortunately, we only have like eight seconds to do the last two. Number two. All right, number two, I have Buffalo. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be Buffalo or Kansas City that wins the Super Bowl. I have them at two just because they have beaten Kansas City this season. That's the only reason I put them ahead of Kansas just City. Just ridiculous. Okay, number two, give it to me. Number two is the Kansas City Chiefs, ladies and gentlemen. I just said that out of habit. Don't worry. Six and two, the Chiefs. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Number one, Wolf, I think we are in agreement. It's a team that would lose to Buffalo or Kansas City in the playoffs, but they haven't lost to anybody. Uh, they are 8-0. They are the Philadelphia Eagles. And who do they have? What tough opponent do they have this week after fighting through Houston and Pittsburgh and back-to-back? Oh, Washington, the Commanders on Monday Night Football. The Commanders! And then the Colts. The Colts are in a good spot. And then Green Bay after that. That's yeah. Philadelphia's next three games. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles um, running the offense of the Arizona Cardinals for the most part and not having a weakness on their roster, except for their rush defense, I would say. If somebody really takes them to task, like the Baltimore Ravens, I'd love to see that. But the Philadelphia Eagles at 8-0, as they should be, until somebody beats them, number one in the power pole. All right, that was the power pole heading into week 10 when we come back. If DeAndre Ayton is ever going to take the next step offensively, isn't now the time? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right up now. The Funk Soul Wolf Brothers. and Luke. Arizona Sports. The, the local sports leader. The Funk Soul Brother. Check it out now. The Funk Soul Brother. Right about now. The Funk Soul Brother. Check it out now. The Funk Soul Brother. Right about now. The Funk Soul Brother. Right about now. About now. About now. About now. All right, we brought this up with uh, with K Ray. About 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I always hesitate to go down this path, Wolf, just because when you go down this path, you got to be ready for the response you get for going down this path. But I wasn't making that up before, that DeAndre Ayton, and again, it's early, it's, he's played eight games. He is averaging two points less per game than last year. Okay, big deal, I'll take games. He is at a career low in rebounds per game, offensive and defensive, and a career low in blocks per game. Now, I will grant you it's early. I'm not saying, oh, they screwed up by giving him money because of these eight games. But they're going to need more from him going forward if you don't have Cam Johnson. Because now from last year's team, you don't have Cam Johnson off the bench, and you don't have Jay Crowder in your starting lineup. So right now it feels like the Suns don't have a sixth man and really have a four-man starting lineup at the moment. That's what it feels like compared to the team that won 64 games last year. Yeah, you know, honestly, right now the opportunity is here for DeAndre Ayton. It's got to be here. I like 
your question to Kevin Ray, you were talking about, hey, doesn't it have to be D.A. to step up and be that second scorer on this team behind Devin Booker, of course? And K. Ray was like, yeah, he absolutely needs to be that guy. And this is what I want to see right now. And this is what Monty, this is what Monty wants to see. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's not just Suns fans that are out there. It's Monty Williams, man. Yeah, that, and James no Jones. Doubt, no doubt about that. They want to see him step up and be aggressive right now. They need him to step his performance up and take it seriously. And pound, get his pound of flesh in the process. How he does it. Play with force. At least get the rebounds, man. Like uh, K. Ray said that before. When uh, Philadelphia comes in as the worst round, rebounding team in the NBA and they get right against you. And I know D.A. missed some of that game. But we always, everybody always talk, okay, yeah, D.A. can roll out of bed and get a double-double. But that's not good enough. We need more. Well, he's not even getting a double-double right now. He's averaging 7.8 rebounds a game. They need, they absolutely need him to be up around his normal 11, 12 rebounds bounce a game and they're going to need some of these games where he has like 18 honestly Um, and I'm not trying to pin this all on DA in the sense of like oh he hasn't been good enough it's more like you built your team kind of around him like it's built around Devin Booker but DA's this is what DeAndre Ayton is now you used the number one overall pick on him and you gave him a max extension yeah and you are in need now because you're missing players that it's it's that simple. There is no there's no you know predetermined narrative of well they should have taken this guy over him or oh I didn't like the way he played two years ago. It's none of that. It's 2022. You have a title contender. He needs to do more right now. Yes. Now he's got to do that. You know, so much of what I want to see from DeAndre Ayton as well, it deals with the foul line so much of the time. I want to see him get hacked and get to the line. He needs to get down low, work himself into position, get the ball. You got to get it to him. And I want to see him get hacked, being aggressive going up towards the rim. I, I Again, he's a big man. Now, listen, does it look like there's a little something here to develop in terms of his perimeter game? Yeah, it does. Have you noticed it? I mean, he's bit. taking more shots. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we all know mid-range, he's got a nice little turnaround. He's got a nice little game, nice little mid-range game. I, I, I'd love to see. Yet at the same time, it still comes back to being underneath the basket and being a true seven-footer and a guy that's got a 40-inch vertical and a guy that is long. Get up and play with force. It always comes back to that for me personally, because I heard his coach say it to him over and over and over again, which tells me that's what they want to see. When you hear D.A. say, I wanna, I'm going to show him. That's what I'm going to yeah, do. This is, this is the this time is to it. show him. This is it. And again, I'm not saying, well, this is the time to show him because you haven't been for four years. It's not that. It's this no. is the time to show them because your team needs you now. No, this is the time to show them and to do it aggressively. And, and when you look at this team, and it, I'm just looking at the five starters, because coming into the season, that was what you you knew or you felt like you had a pretty good grasp of. The bench has been in some ways better than expected, but it, it's, there's still a lot of projects on the bench. But you look at the five starters and you're looking for ways the Suns can improve this year. Chris Paul is who Chris Paul is. He's been in the league forever. And by the way, that's good enough. <laughs> like He's a great player. Devin Booker does continue to find ways to get better, but at a certain point, it's got that, that improvement that you talk about internally has to be spread around the team. So with the starters, that leaves Cam Johnson, who's not playing right now. Yeah. Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. And yes, Mikel could give you more offensively, but he's given you so much defensively. I, I think the more logical place to turn for an instant increase in production is DeAndre Ayton. Yes. I, I just, it makes sense from every angle. And like you said, his coach is expecting 
taking it from him. So right now, even though I love the fact he's been hacking people, um, he's been hacking people without getting his pound of flesh. If if you know what I mean, he's getting the fouls without he's getting the yeah. fouls without getting the without fouls. getting his money's worth, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you know I love that. You know, be aggressive. Go up and hack somebody. Be physical. That's what I want to see from Da. Man, I want to see it. It just drives me crazy. I, I will never give up, Basin Orleans. I will never give up on DeAndre Ayton becoming everything that I think he possibly could be. I am never going to give up on him becoming more physical. At some point in time, it's one day away where the sun comes up and suddenly he goes, ding! Hey, you know what? I'm going to play like this today. And then I'm going to do it again the next day. And then the next day. It's one day away. I will never give up on that. Having said that, um, he's got, he's, he can't continue to get into foul trouble. You can't give away cheap fouls. You can't do it where you're sitting on the bench. That's not going to help. It's not going to help the Phoenix Suns. And if you are going to foul, foul somebody, get your pound of flesh. <laughs> well, it, it, this is the fine line that you, you walk as a, as a young big man in the league, right? If you're trying to take that next step. Everybody's telling DA, you got to be more aggressive. He's like, yeah, i got to be more aggressive. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to tell Money Williams, i got to show him. Well, But then you, you go out there and you play more aggressive. And the worst, the absolute worst, is when DA is making an aggressive play that he should make and gets called for a foul that shouldn't be called. Because now you're getting mixed messages from the basketball universe, right? Right? Yes. You gotta be more aggressive for this team sure. to win a title, but we're gonna call you for a ticky tack foul we shouldn't have called. Right. I'm not saying that's happened a ton this year, but it, it has and will, because it's the NBA. It happens to everybody except LeBron. So it's it, that's something that, that's gonna be the next step for DeAndre Ayton, and we're seeing him take it. By the way, he could take that next step. We're not sitting here saying, like, oh, he's gotta take that step with Cam Johnson out, and we know he's not going to. He absolutely could do it. He could do it starting tonight. Totally. No. He did it in the playoffs two years ago. Yes. And once again, when I talk about the foul. On. It's not just about the fouls, him him staying available um, or getting his pound of flash. I'm talking about get to the line yourself. Be strong. Play with an aggressive mind. Throw it down. Go towards the basket and be aggressive. Um, You know, yeah, that's what I'd love to see. When I hear Monty Williams continue to talk to him about playing with force, and you hear D.A. say, I'm going to show him, that's exactly what I think he's talking about. Exa- I could be dead wrong on that, but for me, that's exactly what I think he's talking about, playing with force and getting hacked down low because you're going up with such physical force. That's, that's all it is. We're not talking about D.A. changing anything except how he's competing. That's what's so cool about this. And that's why I continue to hope that D.A., the light bulb, goes off in the shed or on in the shed, whichever way you want to look at it. I think on. I think you want it on. Well, you know what? I mean, who knows? Or maybe just turn it off. Maybe and turn it goes. off because maybe, yeah. Change something. All right. If it's something on, turn needs it off. to change yes. in the shed. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whether the, the light bulb goes on needs to be or changed. it goes off, something needs to change in the shed. <laughs> That's fair. I think we can agree with that. But to your point, it's something he can do. Yes. It, you're not asking. Yes. You're not looking at whoever. You're you got to score thirty points a game. Yeah, it, it's, no. We have seen him do no. what what they now need him to do consistently. And talking to Kellen yesterday, he really kind of brought this to light. You can't. 
You can't just kind of coast through this regular season as much as, as we all said at the start of the year, like 64 wins, that was great. Sure. It doesn't matter anymore. The West is so messed up that you can't be finishing like fourth yeah. or, or even third because you might be playing a really good team in the first Could round. Could I be more specific and say especially he can't coast? Yes. Because if, in fact, you are trying to show Monty Williams something, what really have you shown him so far this season? Uh, this season, not much. January 15th looms, does he, it not? He, he was better last year, and he was definitely better in the playoffs two years ago. Yeah, January 15th is so, still a thing. I mean, it, if it, it is still a thing. It, it is because as much as you and I agreed we didn't want to have to talk about it much this season, and I don't want the Suns splitting their attention towards what they're doing and what Brooklyn's doing, through the first couple weeks of the season— Brooklyn's a mess. They did just hire Jacques Vaughn as their head coach, though, while we were doing the show this morning. Um, Brooklyn's a mess, and Da hasn't he hasn't been anything better this year. You know, he's still good, but he hasn't. It's not like he has taken some next step where the Suns are like, "We're not moving on from this guy. We got our team." Tonight is another opportunity. It's true. It's uh, and and their schedule. Their schedule coming up. Okay, Minnesota tonight, Orlando on Friday, but then Miami and Golden State next week. So. He's, uh, although Golden State's been a mess. And then after that, Utah, who's somehow been good. So go figure. Uh, Bill Belichick is one of the most successful coaches in NFL history. I would say the most. Did he just give advice to the Cardinals inadvertently? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right. What's popping? What's popping?